0: Okay, welcome to Quitters Never Give Up, the podcast that covers all things Kevin and Bean Universe. And today we have a very special guest. Um, I have a little montage I did.
1: that was awesome
0: i know we have the great queen jen with us today and she ended uh sent me over some of her credits which um, some of the garmi and other listeners may not know what she has worked on in the past beyond the wonderful songs we get on the ralph report um she has music editor credits for uh yes shows like the walking dead Uh, the television show Alphas, if anybody saw that, Parenthood, Grimm, Eureka, uh, The Girl Next Door, Rugrats Go Wild, Leap of Faith, uh, Cheaters, um, The Rugrats in Paris, 200 Cigarettes, Freaks and Geeks, Muppets from Space, Chicago Hope, and and many, many other things. Like she's extremely talented. So I just wanted to let everybody know when we get started, um, some of the background that Jen has. So welcome, Jen yay, yay!
2: So but she's a ringer
3: she's a pro
0: yeah <laughs> <Yes>. yeah
2: <laughs> as if no it's so cool it was you know what you don't ever get to hear all of
0: your projects put together
2: in like a yeah. medley so when you do it's like wow that's kind of impressive
0: I'm all, like did I do all those things I guess <laughs> and then many more so it's wonderful um so how then did you get to become a Kevin and Bean listener Ooh, well, I lived uh, in Southern California, like a lot
2: of you did. Raise your hand so I can see on screen. I didn't know exactly who all... Okay, so everybody, wow, we're all in that club of SoCal. And so it's interesting, though. So, like, I don't know if you guys remember, in the, before the 90s, before Kevin and Bean had their morning show, there was kind of like KAC, and then, like, briefly Pirate Radio. And I was kind of a metalhead in high school. <laughs> So I was listening to K&AC, but I also was – I listened to all types of music at the same time because I've just always been consuming a lot of different types of music. And so when um, Kevin and Bean started their morning show, I was listening to it, and I was starting to commute to college, and then I was commuting to my first job, and I was listening to them in the mornings. So I've been listening to them from pretty much day one, which is crazy. So for me, they – they are part of my life in a way i can't just that you guys would understand that they are the voice that makes me nostalgic it makes me feel at home and it just kind of becomes part of your identity
0: yeah yeah very much so so then how did you get into music and music editing it was really weird (laughs) no one no one, I don't think
2: anyone says I'm going to be a music editor, and certainly not me. I was a very sheltered, kind of Orange County teeny bopper, and I didn't know that people could do music for a living, and I had zero idea, and I wanted to be a million different things, couldn't decide on them. But I'd always done music. It had been part of my life. I just didn't know that that's kind of what people do, that there's composers and music editors and things. So what happened was, it was a total fluke. My mom happened to be working for a major corporation that did these huge bids for like corporate, uh, or I'm sorry, government contracts and their composer fell out. And she said, do you want to, um, do you want to be our composer for this? <laughs> like all moms do, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just throw you a little bone, a little nepotism. Yeah. And yeah. I said, sure. Okay. <laughs> Sounds fun. Why not? I've got nothing going on Friday night. So I ended up doing that. And luckily, um, Luckily, I did well, and they kept hiring me back. So I started professionally doing music since I was about 17. So then, you know, I went to school, not even related. I thought it was going to be a doctor. So totally, different, totally different track. I love genetics. I was thinking biogenetics or something. or genetic counselor. I'm not sure, or something in that realm. And then when I was doing my upper grad, I was best friends with someone who was working in Hollywood, and she worked with Sly Stallone's company doing in development. And that was kind of like really cool. I was thinking, wow, that's neat. Like I didn't, I didn't even know there was a way into that, you know, again, very sheltered. And she said, Hey, do you know the band Devo? I said, yeah, I know Devo. Oh, damn. <laughs> Who doesn't know Devo? And he
1: just died over there.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I got some more clips. <laughs>
2: get, get your energy dome ready. I've got stories. Uh, So yeah, she's, she's like, they are looking for an apprentice composer, someone who's going to work underneath Mark and he's got this big company called Mutado musica and they do music for tv and film and everything else like that and so i was like okay uh sure so i got together my demo and you guys would laugh it was on a tape cassette <laughs> 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 so I could look, here's my music <laughs> you know and i was just this kind of like little like oh my god you know a little teeny bopper basically Which I got a lot of shit for from Mark because I was just this super just, you know, kind of valley girl, basically. Um, And they're so cool. So I went up there and I, I ended up doing the interview and giving him my music and whatnot. And for some unknown reason, he hired me. And I was just like, that was it. And so then, so like, I wasn't planning on do it. That was not my thing I wanted to do, but I ended up being there in the studio. I was already doing music of my own. And so that was just part of my life. And so I learned on the job. I learned a ton. I lived at the studio for a year on the couch. And that was interesting. So that family or the Devo kind of became my family because you know they were all I had up in LA and I'm you know I couldn't go back and forth so at some point I decided to drop out of school and do it full time and he was like "Ooh, I don't know if you want to do that you know what if you never go back and finish I'm like trust me you don't know what it's like because you're a rock star but this opportunity that doesn't happen like Mm -hmm. I have to jump on this and do this right now because this door doesn't open for everyone Mm-hmm. And so I did that instead. And I did go back and I finished. So I was I was like, it's it's just a degree. It's not really that big of a deal. You just you know, you jump through the little hoops and you're done. Yeah. But so yeah, so I ended up over at Devo Studios and of course it was called Mutata Musica and um really grew up there. That is where I was I was so green when I started there. It was so funny and i learned every button that was in the studio because at night i would go down to mark's brother's bob and bob worked and he had his own studio too and i would go into bob's studio and i'd be like working all night like a little cobbler you know putting together shoes in the middle of the night <laughs> learning all the buttons learning how to do all, everything and he would be pissed and he would complain and i'd get like yeah bob's pissed because you're in there moving all his dials and he wakes up in the morning and they're all different i'm like ah so mark was like you can use my studio which i was like bigger studio okay oh. and he's like yeah and he would let me play all this guitar so I would go in there and I, it's like a kid in a candy store and if you were a Devo fan and I was a Devo fan but not like a, a real huge Devo fan it was just kind of more like it was part of the soundtrack of my life um, and so I would go in there I get to play all these guitars and stuff so it was a dream and that helped propel me into all of the music editing credits you see there because there was a point in time where I decided I can either be a composer, which to anyone out there who's a writer or wants to be a director, you understand this conundrum. Do you want to be one of a million people who are all trying to do the same job? Or do you want to be like have job security and benefits and all those things? And I looked at it. And for me, because I grew up having and then not having it all and I had to you know support everything since I was really young I'm like I want a job with benefits I want this I want that so I learned all of the tech stuff behind the scenes to be the engineer so I I transitioned to being a sound engineer sound editor um, for a major project right away back when digital editing was brand new and there was a lot of people who were getting out of the industry because they didn't like it they didn't understand it and I was like hells yeah I'm all into this so I got into the whole you know when pro tools was its first incarnation i was there for its birth there <laughs> um but yeah so that's that's kind of how i got into the music editing because music editing is basically like a composer's best friend you work with them very closely you help figure out where is the music going to go where's mm-hmm. it stop where's it end what kind of music it is also in films we temp everything in there so, like, I'll listen to a film and I go, oh, I know what music they tempt this scene with because I'll know it's from this soundtrack and the composer didn't veer too far off from what was there. And, yeah, so it's a really fun job because it combines both being a composer and being a, kind of a tech person on it. And you would have to make up a lot of music, a lot, where you would – they'd want something completely different there. And, you know, it's it's Walking Dead and there's a scene and it's it's a very nuanced scene and there there's not only the – the death of someone, but there's also this this sense of this revenge that's a kernel that's going to grow into something else and we need a little bit more there. What can you do? Sometimes we would scrap the cue altogether and we would go into all of the tracks of, you know, a different cue from a totally different episode and manufacture a whole new thing from scratch. Wow. And so it was really wow. fun. Because yeah, like it's always a problem to be solved. And I love that. So you'd sit on the dub stage, which is kind of like a theater where they do all of the mixing of everything together. And you'd get some person who's like, do this, do that, do that. And for most of the day, you're just sitting there, you know, like on your phone, (laughs) you're like, what? Okay. (laughs) And then you do that and then go back to eating craft services. So yeah, it's a really, really cool job. Nice. That sounds really cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's fun. Yeah.
3: I just sure. want to say before we move on from that, I have a tape somewhere. I taped <laughs> all the Nicktoons. <laughs> no, no, not a cassette tape.
2: Okay. So I taped not- all the
3: Nicktoons. This was the first day it was Rugrats. I think it was Doug, Brandon Stimpy. So I'm Ooh. watching Rugrats, and it's a really great show. It's better for adults than kids, really. But anyway, I'm watching the credits. And I'm like, wait, Mark Mothersbaugh Mark Mothersbaugh. That's the Devo guy.
2: Yeah. And you
3: listen to the music for Rugrats, it's amazingly good. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's that's so cool that you worked with those guys and you're in his studio.
2: Yeah. You, who knew that he would do that? And he was really gifted at it. And it was neat to see him work. I mean, he really taught me everything that I knew as as far as how to score something. And um, he taught me how to sing. I did not know how to sing until I got to those studios. And he gave me the confidence. I get to sing um, when they would have a, a real person come in to sing something. I would sing all the demos. So I would get to sing the, anything that was female, I would sing all that. And he taught me how to harmonize and things like, you know, Um, I had known pretty much kind of because of my music background, how to create harmonies, but I'd never sung all of that. And so I have to credit him for being such an amazing and gifted artist who had, he wasn't a one note person. It wasn't just the Devo thing. Like he had amazing skills to do. I mean, if you see Wes Anderson movies and what he did on those and, all the other stuff he's done, he has a lot of um, he has a lot of chops for the movie industry, and he has a way of understanding this sensibility of the, kind of like being edgy but being pop at the same time. And I love that. I love that idea of kind of still being cool <laughs> but being accessible. Like I don't. It's a great, great uh, line to ride.
3: Yeah, Rugrats is very much that. Because you listen, it sounds like kids' music, but there's there's an edge to it. You're like that. That's kind of kid-like, but there's something there. Yeah, and you're right. He he could stride that line really excellently.
2: Yeah, and if you look at Pee Wee Herman's show too, he did that as well. I remember that was I think the first thing when I came into the studio that he was working on, (laughs) and they were looking at you know all sorts of tiki kind of music from way way back, and I was I was just like blown away with the process, and realized how much research goes into every project and so yeah it's but but the Rugrats were also one of the first projects when I came in that he was doing and I wanted to score that so bad I was like oh I want to do this but I wasn't there yet I was like a little underling you know trying to get scraps give me the scraps um but yeah and, and that's that's something I'm still very proud of Rugrats
3: great show absolutely
1: <laughs> so you must have been really um upset at Cooperman for doing the it for the Meat Slapper song
2: I did. I was like, "How dare you use Devo in in your name?" <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was of, it was offensive. Uh, no, I I was actually thinking that was kind of cute. Um, and how do you not like that song though? Like, how do you compete with a song that's a hit for pretty much eternity? I mean, we got to say like that's the one thing they're go- going to be remembered by. And he used it, so I'm like, well, I can't fight with that. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to lose every time.
3: (laughs) I know. Your song was so good, and then they did the Whippet song. I'm like, oh, you know, I I love Whippet. And then I'm like, she's coming on the show. How can I – I can't tell her I wanted to choose that song. (laughs) But I'm glad you're a Devo fan, so I guess it's okay.
2: I couldn't be – yeah, I couldn't be mad at it because it's Devo, and I love them, and I love that song. But, yeah, it was. It became like a heated competition. (laughs) I was like, oh, for Pete's sake. I just wanted to (laughs) (laughs) – I didn't want it to be like an all-out war i was just thinking oh they need something here i'll submit it and then it turned into like world war like three powers head to head uh, yeah
1: yeah well listening to the podcast ed eddie and uh, ralph had said so many great things about you when they were talking about the meat slapper thing
2: they did i have been so lucky that ralph has played my stuff and has been so supportive because i really was not making music for a while and i i had left the music editing business uh is it now like four or five years ago to pursue a different career because i was kind of tired of the, ind- the industry is really awesome but it's also tiring when you get to pilot season and whatnot i worked i think krypton was the last pilot i worked on and then Happy Death Day was the last movie. But the hours can be staggering. And I'm, I'm getting a little bit older. And I wanted to have more of a regular schedule where I can go, I'm going to go on vacation. You can't do that in that industry because, oh, we pushed the movie now. It's going to be this. And you're like, okay, well, there goes that idea. Um, and I, there's just more stuff I wanted to do. So I, I left the industry. But it also was about the same time I lost my mom And she was like the biggest cheerleader in the whole world. She was amazing, and she was always supportive. I mean, never let me ever doubt myself. She's probably the reason I'm so confident in everything I do. And so when she uh, passed away, I kind of lost a will to do any music at all. So I put everything away. And it wasn't until I was listening to Ralph on the Ralph Report. And I started listening to him and... I'm going to say like January of 2020, because I was a huge Ralph fan, huge Ralph fan. And when he left, I kind of stopped listening to K-Rock, not because I didn't like Kevin and Bean, but because I was kind of mad at K-Rock. And I think a lot of people were with me were like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to show you like anyone cares that I'm not doing it. (laughs) They can't even tell. Dang it. So I didn't, I didn't listen to them really. I'd check in every now and then, but I was sitting there one morning and I was like, God, I need I need that voice again that makes me happy in the morning that gets me in a good mood and where was what, what is Ralph doing? He was always that voice. He always made me laugh. So I looked him up and I'm like, "Oh, he's got a podcast." Okay, you know. So I basically that's that was my start of listening to The Ralph Report. And I didn't contribute or anything. I just listened. But and there was even a couple of competitions he had where people submit something or whatever and I was still kind of in the like I'm not making music kind of zone. And then finally <laughs> i feel bad for Serber, so he had created this theme for hello death and i love this segment but the theme made me sad (laughs) it just made me really sad so i'm like look the reason i listened to ralph the board is because he always cheers me up he gets me going you know all these things and so i'm like it's that's not what it should be and in my head immediately i knew exactly what it needed to be and so, like, for some reason, that kind of triggered me starting back music again. And so I didn't have any of my music gear out. Now I do. Like, if you look around this studio, it's, like, all music gear. So I just broke out my laptop, and I did it all. Like, if you, you guys know, like, if you, you play on your keyboard, you can actually play notes on there. It's, it's not a good way to do it. But anyways, I was literally playing Hello Death on the keyboard, which is pretty funny. So I recorded it and sent it in not thinking he would play it because you guys remember with K-Rock. I mean, look. You could submit anything you want to. They're never going to play it. You'd be lucky if you would ever get mentioned on there. And I remember being very jealous of the songs and the people who made the jingles and being like, why can't I be DJ Omar? Why can't I be, you know, Beer Mug? Why can't I? Like, I was so jealous. But, you know, I was in a different. (laughs) You want to be Beer Mug? uh sure
1: well uh, if you have a reggaeton, <laughs> reggaeton horn it could be a more like prime. a freaky exactly. friday
2: kind of like exchange maybe although i can't say the reggaeton like 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 <laughs> i can't i can't no, yeah. we'll no. the first
3: thousand times
2: <laughs> i would take over his body i would go to his house i destroy every one of those and he would never have that file again he could never play it again that's what i do because i'm devious
1: then- <laughs> would omar be omar without the reggaeton horn
2: um yes of course <laughs> a that's better not...
3: omar yeah
2: yeah exactly that's a philosophical
3: he's... question that's not
2: his only thing like he's more than that i think <laughs> you no know? his... regga-
3: reggaeton plays in the woods and you don't hear it is it still a reggaeton something like that <laughs>
2: That's very philosophical. I like I like where this is going. This is good and deep. Sometimes we get deep on this show, yeah. I'm going to need a drink for this if it's going to get any deeper.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Ding.
2: Oh, Ding. Dang. Thank, thank you. I was going to say, my soundboard was oh, right to it. my side, and I didn't oh. have it up. Damn it. Hold on a second. Let me see. Oh, dang it.
1: See, I missed the bell over here.
2: You really missed it. Here we yeah. go.
3: Oh, before we get off that, I was did just curious it? for the, the new thing you just did. Yeah. How quickly did you do that? Because like they mentioned it like on a Monday, and I think you were on a Tuesday. How fast can you crank those out?
2: So when I heard it on the the radio, so we're we're talking about the meat uh, slapper, meat slapper yeah, the, the meat, meat slapper, slapper theme, and Ralph said, "I don't know, Jen's probably already made it, and it's got a light show or whatever, and he's being well, super sweet about it." And I'm like, "Well, if you're going to be that nice, I'm going to give you a theme, damn it!" So. You know, I work off of compliments basically.
0: <laughs> if anyone says anything <laughs>
2: nice, I'm like, okay, what do you want? So I did it about an hour. I had a dentist appointment that morning, and I was like, well, I could, I'll just bang this out, and I did. and And then I um turned it, in, <laughs> turned it in. And I don't spend too much time on them. I mean, because it's like, what if he doesn't play it? Then like, why am I gonna, you know, spend days on it? Like Cerber, who turned. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, um, yeah, it didn't take me long. Just like Hello Death took two hours, maybe tops to do and just, just finished it during my lunch hour. Um, a lot of them patio lantern, um, were super quick because on certain things I get inspired very quickly and it's creative people inspire me. So basically what happens, it's like a ripple effect. So if, if, Ralph and Eddie are playing off of each other and they say something very creative and it kind of puts a mental image in my head immediately like, boom, I'm inspired. I can write something right there and right then. And like with Patio Lantern, I was not going to write something for that because I'm like, who's going to want this? It's By the time I write it, no one's going to remember what Patio Lantern joke was, but I was in the grocery store and I just, I was buying bananas and all of a sudden (laughs) the song idea came out like the i the backstory to patio lantern of why he was called patio lantern came into my head i'm like oh god damn it i'm writing this song right now and i just wrote it on my little shopping list the words and everything and i went home and i recorded it so they happen really quick if they don't they're usually not worth doing in my repertoire
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i have the the clip from that show where he um Where he challenged you to to write the theme for the Meat Slapper.
3: Come on up with a uh, a short, pithy, Meat Slapper Queen jingle. Jay probably already wrote it. Yeah, she probably did in three languages, <laughs> and one of them was uh, was Esperanto, some <laughs> Latin. <laughs> ancient Latin. Yeah, some a dead dead, language. dead languages. <laughs> and it's the same song backwards and forwards, <sighs> and there's a laser light yeah. show that goes along with it's it. it's already done.
1: So was it? A, did you do it in Esperanto?
2: Yeah, no, I I thought that was hilarious, because I they're referencing that I had done another song in French, and I've been definitely working towards being fluent in it, and I'm still, a, I feel like I'm still a beginner learner for French, but I do like languages, so I do know a bit of Portuguese and Spanish, and um, I think that's about it, though, and so, but that just, I don't know, I guess what it... The one thing that has been the coolest thing to happen this year is that I feel like I've been seen and recognized for what I do. And by someone I've always admired, and that has been like the biggest gift in the whole world. The fact that they believe in my ability to do things and... Um, which just inspires me to do more things. And it's that kind of supportive community that really typifies that show. And so it's Mm -hmm. been been so cool because it's a really positive feedback loop. And so that just makes me want to make more stuff. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, we've talked about that before, how generous everybody on the show is. I mean, they never had to mention any of us when we emailed or sent a song into something, but they would always say, this is from Jen, this is from Edwin, whatever. Everybody I've dealt with, super generous, and you're right. It really makes you feel good.
2: Yeah, there's not that, it's so different from how kind of K-Rock worked, and that wasn't, they're just a huge show, like where they could not play all of, they couldn't even listen to the callers. I get the understanding of scale on that. And so what's kind of nice about having this smaller, and if you can say small, I don't know if you can say that, because his, you know, Ralph's audience is huge, But the fact that he does read through all of those emails and actually listens to the phone calls, he has an amazing work ethic, which I am so enamored with. It is, you know, he really, this is something that he pours his heart and soul into. And he has such a huge heart that he invests in his listeners and you don't have to do that, but he does it and yeah, not everyone gets played. And I've even turned in things that don't get played. People are like, oh, I've turned in something and it doesn't get played. Like, I've done that a million times for other projects. And I'm just lucky that he happened to like what I did. Sometimes it's going to resonate with a person. Sometimes it's not. Um, and it just happened to hit at the right time and be something that he was open to. And so it's always kind of timing. And you know what I mean? It doesn't It doesn't always have to do with talent. <laughs>
0: it's just that's Mm. the reality and then also too you know then i don't know the person's name and i'm sorry but the gentleman that did the metal version of hello death tim markle uh, yes Uh, hot sauce tim hot sauce Tim. yep really i didn't know that um anyway so but how that inspires others and that's i think one of the cool things about whether it's the garmi or cup of tea or whatever that we've we've all kind of connected because of people getting fired over the phone during a pandemic. And I mean, I have a whole community and brand new friends and everything that I would, we just didn't get to know each other because Jay didn't build uh, the Facebook page, but um, but it's really kind of great how we can connect with each other and how we can inspire each other as well. And also too, Eddie and I submitted for Hello Death and uh, he ended up playing it, but it was the Three Stooges hello 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 and then eddie was like death
2: (laughs) i love it oh my god that's awesome and that would have been way shorter than mine
0: so i think i if
2: i've learned anything um ralph does not like a long jingle so yeah that probably would have been better my hello death is long because i wasn't thinking in terms of i've never done jingles i do songs so i'm a songwriter so i wrote a song right yeah so i kind of i'm starting to get the whole idea now But you're right, like what you were saying about with Tim and stuff, and I've made a lot of friends along the way. In fact, we just co-collaborated on a new song we're going to drop, hopefully next week. I'm still editing the episode. We did an international food fight, basically from Australia, Canada, and U.S., testing different candies and basically rating them and doing stuff. We had a lot of fun doing it, but we decided to cover a song related to candy. So... We um and I don't usually do covers, so this is kind of new territory for me. I like originals mostly because it's just more fun for me but he um he did all the heavy lifting on it. so you're gonna hear very shortly another a collaboration with Tim and I um oh nice and, very and, and cool
0: so yeah very cool all do
3: you right. know like is is there like a club of you guys because there's like you uh drew that we know it seems all you guys that get stuff on they all, you all seem to know each other.
2: We start to know each other. The reason I started to know everyone was really Steve Ashton because during the um, kind of winter break, I don't know, around the new year, it was after. So I did a radio play for Ralph and I was exhausted (laughs) like after doing that because it was a full radio play and I did everything. I wrote it and wrote all the music for it. Everything is, you know, it's all nothing is borrowed in my world. So that was so much fun, but I was so exhausted. And then Steve writes and he's like, I have this idea for something. I'm like, I'm not gonna say no to Steve, right? <laughs> so he wanted to do a cover of Live is Life. Life is Life, actually it's called Live is Life, but we ended up kind of splitting the hairs, Life is Life. And so I was collaborating with Cooperman, who is a big kind of personality on the show as the resident FOMO person who is always has a beef against someone. And then Cerber, who is also another person who'd done a bunch of jingles for there. And then Ashton himself, who's got a great voice and has, you know, background in music and whatnot. And so I ended up producing and doing the music for it and then kind of coordinating with them to, to add their stuff to it. And I got to know them because I had to like, I was in constant contact with them. So it's it's become this kind of musical, ad hoc musical department the music department at the Ralph report, you know? And, and so that's cool to be able to do that because I never, I always work alone and you know, I do everything. I'm very self-sufficient. I've always liked that being self I'd never have to call someone like, can you do guitars for me or can you do that? Or like, I just do everything myself. And so it was kind of cool because it allowed me to collaborate with other people. And, um, it was a really positive experience and really fun. And, um, that's, that's all we've done so far. Cause- Getting people together is like herding cats, by the way. <laughs> it's so hard.
1: It is. It is.
2: But yeah, I've got to know a lot of the people. So that's how I know them. And I've become very close friends with some of them. And so, and that's been really rewarding. You know, it's been through COVID and all that and being sequestered over here in my studio, in my house. Um, I've made some really close friendships.
0: Nice. Yeah. Now nice. I had that song on repeat. I don't know, for like a month. Like, it would just be stuck in my head. There was something about that. I talked to Carrie Watson about this before. And I was like, there's something happening. And there was something about that song that was kind of like, as the world is in disarray and crumbling around us, we've all just really kind of come together. And that song was kind of like glue in a way for me, you know, where it was just... I don't know there's something else is going on where people are connecting, even though we're all have to stay at home, kind of like you said, you know, and um, it was just, it was just, it's a beautiful song the way you guys did it. So. Thank you. I, I was blown away because at first
2: I looked at the song and I'm listening to it. I'm like, I don't, I don't feel it yet. It didn't have a lot of emotion to it. And it's other, I don't know if you've listened to the more Euro pop versions, <laughs> but it's not really a heartfelt song. And so I had to think about like, well, what, how can I pull the emotion into it and make it something that kind of represents what we are feeling right now. And so, um, I felt like I want, so my base, what I came up with is this needs to feel like we are the world, but without being cheesy. Yes. So if I can do that, if I can get goosebumps at the, and then, so like I would keep doing it and I'd keep mixing it. And I'm like, Ooh, I got, okay, good goosebumps. This is perfect. <laughs> like <laughs> I just kind of approached it that way. And so, um, it, it turned out great and I'm so happy because I feel it, it did definitely kind of set the tone for how we were all feeling. And I was so happy that people felt connected and that I was a part of it. Like how For me, it's been so amazing to be part of this group experience and everyone has really been so supportive. I mean, yeah, there's a couple trolls out there who really hate me. (laughs) I'm like, I'm just trying to, it's like out of love. Like the music I'm doing is not to further myself. I have a resume. I'm good with it, man. Like I did some stuff I feel proud of. I'm doing this as a way to connect with others and just show my love for the show and just, just say to Ralph, like, Dude, thank you for making me laugh so hard every day. Here is like this is how I show my love. Here, (laughs) have that, have that, or whatever. And you may not use whatever, but I I guess for me it's just like my little presents. That's what I have to give. So yeah,
1: yeah. Thank
0: you for giving them. (laughs) They're wonderful.
1: And whoever's whoever's mean to you, we'll send Eddie after them. Edwin, right here.
0: Yes. How dare
2: they? You attack. (laughs) It's an attack, Eddie.
1: So what's your primary instrument?
2: Piano. That's when I started when I was really young. And then I picked up a lot along the way. I can pretty much pick up any instrument you give me. It's just how my brain works. But uh, I learned guitar when I was in my teens. And then, you know, bass is basically guitar, but easier. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And I picked up... Unless it's upright. Right. Oh, (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I would love to get an upright bass. I picked up drums as well along the way and I'm not great at it but I can pass and um flute I've I learned since I was in about 5th grade so I'm pretty proficient on that and I just keep adding more instruments to my studio so I've got an accordion which broke on the last I don't know if you guys heard the last song I did it was the drinking song for drinking horse basically Yeah 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 my my poor accordion bit it during the the production of that so I yeah so, anyways, there's like a menagerie. It's like a zoo, zoo of instruments here. Different yeah, ones. yeah.
3: Well, if you play the accordion, are you a Weird Al fan?
2: Yeah. Oh, yes. Nice. Yes, <laughs> I love Weird Al, and I think if I could be him, I would. Like, I just because after he, you're done being
3: Omar, you're gonna be Weird Al, okay?
2: Well, I only want to be Omar for like a day. Let's set this straight. I don't want to be. I don't want to be Omar for life.
3: <laughs> Just for a shift, right?
2: But I want to try him out, you know, try him on Versailles. (laughs) He's (laughs) he's somewhere blushing right now. I don't know. 16 Um,
0: stations, take a drink. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Ding. Oh, wait, I've got my drink too. Hold on. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, Weird Al has impressed me because he's funny, but he is gifted. He's so good at what he does. Technically, he's amazing. He's an amazing producer. And I have always thought his stuff was funny. And I thought he's like, you know, he's an interesting look to him and he made it work for him. And I was, you know, growing up, I always felt like some weird alien. And I kind of, I felt like he's my people, you know, like this is my tribe.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And, uh, but yeah, so I, okay. So when I was living in the studio up in, it was in Hollywood Hills and this is before, was it before? Yeah, it was before we moved to Sunset Strip. So, Devo, we we bought this huge, it looks like a spaceship. I don't even see it. Bright green on Sunset Boulevard. That's the studios, okay? So, before that though, it was out of a house in Hollywood Hills and it was up, I don't know if I want to, I'm not going to identify where it is. Anyways, (laughs) the point being, I would go down and I would eat on Sunset Strip around there and I went to Chin Chin, which is one of my favorite places. I miss it. And... He was standing right in front of me, like friggin' right in front of me. I was dying. And one thing about working in the industry is you are told don't bother the talent. Don't embarrass yourself. You are at a job. You're not there to be a gushing fan. Just don't. And so from day one, I've always been that way. So I just was like, God damn it. I want to see him. He's right there. I could just touch his little, he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, of course. <laughs> you know, just wanted yeah. to touch his little Hawaiian shirt and say, hi, hi, I love you. So anyway, see that's, I don't have a huge story with him. I didn't interact because I, I am also introverted. So this was, <laughs> it was the perfect storm of not saying anything, but yeah, so I do want to meet him and I want to live in his, I'm going to say, I'm going to live in his body for a week. So I'm going to go for, I, I, yeah. A week sounds good.
3: Week's
1: like, good. You really
2: get yeah. to know it, you know, get to know, <laughs> get to know some of the nooks and crannies. <laughs> I
3: think we got a new game, guys. Who do you want to live in for a week?
1: <laughs> and how long? Next yeah, week,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, I already oh. said I want
3: to be Kevin, so not the you brain want... part, the party part.
2: You? Okay, so what's mm, Kevin? So you want to feel out that body, huh?
3: For a week. Well, maybe for a day <laughs>
2: mm.
3: or one day at Coachella, something like that.
2: Oh, that would be fun. Do you guys remember the St. Patty's Day's shenanigans that would happen at K-Rock? Yes. And how I would have loved to be in that melee Mm -hmm. of just pure drunken happiness. I would listen to him on the radio. Of course, I'd be driving to work going, I want to be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if we could go back in time. I think that is the reason we should come up with a time machine is just to go back and go party. Just us five. We won't involve yeah. anyone else. We could all go back.
1: We won't step on any flowers or bugs and ruin right. the timeline. Yeah,
2: Don't create any parallel timelines. Don't screw it up. For- Christopher, you know what? Christopher can't come. I already have a feeling about him. I feel like you're going to mess up the timeline.
1: I will, probably.
2: Okay. would so- <laughs>
3: <laughs> No, we're getting deep again. Well, we're- well, did you hear? We did a whole show about the St. Patrick's Day disaster.
2: <gasps> I mean, Miss
3: Cleo wanted to give us a behind-the-scenes scoop. That's, you got listen to that episode; you would love it.
2: I did listen to that episode. Funny enough, I yeah i I remember listening to those live, and just it was it that was what was so fun. And you guys were talking about how, or at least Miss Cleo was talking about how management was not down with the fact that it was all falling apart, pure chaos. But that from the listener standpoint, that was why we were there. Like, do you not? And management for not to step back and see, this is what they want. You know, this is for the listeners. That's that's who's listening to your commercials, who's getting you the revenue. Like, this is not about you. It's about the listener. So it's amazing they didn't connect the dots because I'm sad that those went away. Those were some of the – I loved those. I looked forward to any time they were going to have, like, a drunken get-together. Uh, even the double yeah. you know, Mrs. Double D December mm-hmm. and I, any of those. Yeah. I was just like yeah. – Oh, I want to be part of that party That sounds like fun Much better than working You felt like
3: you were at the party with them You did Maybe it wasn't technically a great broadcast But you felt you were there and you remembered it They were the most memorable shows to me
2: They were and Right, and so like big picture Why do you not stand back and go This is what you're going to be remembered for And it was, oh, it was genius But, But, I gotta say The reggaeton horn I would have tackled him. So this is maybe why I can't go back in time with you guys. You might have to leave me out because I would go and friggin' tackle him down to the ground. Just start just wailing. Ground and pound. Ground and pound. And <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Then would Omar have gotten kicked out of that party if you had tackled him? Or would you have gotten kicked out? Oh, now oh, the timeline's all screwed up.
2: I think both of us are kicked out now because yeah. I caused the, the brouhaha and he caused the, <laughs> I don't know what you'd call that, offense well, was, to the ear. Yeah. It was just uh, offensive. Let's
3: follow the timeline. Omar gets kicked out. You and him are kicked out. The bosses don't go nuts. So I guess they would still have parties after that. So maybe the next one, they would have blown it and the bosses would have got mad.
2: I've just solved the whole problem. I fixed K-Rock. I just fixed it in the timeline wow so like when we when we go to listen uh monday morning it, who knows is going to be on the radio <laughs> I
1: got oh,
2: oh I'm, I'm excited to find out i don't know it could be it could still be the the three gents or and with ali i don't know who knows
3: like avengers infinity wars isn't it, it
1: yeah, who are, the are you series. are you
3: thanos
2: jen <laughs> i you are God. queen jen
3: so i guess you are thanos
2: I would hope not. I'm not Thanos. snap your fingers uh, and I'm not that young. I'm not that cold hearted. <laughs> she, she's the
1: uh, she's the female Loki. You guys I are watching yeah, Loki.
2: Yeah, I would I would go with maybe Loki. I don't you know what though? Like, sure, I'd like to be that interesting, but I'm way too power puffy. No, not Power Puff. Powder puffy. Like I'm a gooey centered person. I'm just a warm hearted softy. <laughs> I'm not, Loki's cool Like, I don't, I don't know And I don't, yeah But I'm down to go back in time with you guys For sure, I just, I don't um, I, okay, want, I also want to <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's do that Because that will solve a lot of problems Because I was thinking, you know what, I could use some money Maybe some lotteries, we could do that There you go I want to do just music, just silly, stupid music For a living, now, I've decided So, we need to make that happen
3: Definitely be the that first happen. one we tell when we get it yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah get that together work on that
1: well i wanted to ask oh, about uh right. jen jennifer uh queen jay's podcast oh
0: yeah
1: yeah easy easy as a is that how, what it's called or
2: it's okay so i gotta say when i started i did not think i was gonna make a podcast or a show i so i had no grand designs i was not Like, oh, I'm going to jump into this game. (laughs) So I just, I knew that I had all these songs that were coming out and I had a lot of people all of a sudden who were asking me questions about it. I'm like, well, I don't want to just keep answering everyone's question. Like, how about I just do a show where I say, oh, this is what's coming out next and this is what I'm working on and stuff. And then, you know, it kind of grew from there. But I, so I had asked, um, Lindsay, I'm like, do you mind just like sitting there? Cause it's going to be boring if it's just me, no one wants to look at me. So we, we sit there and she's like, oh, she, oh she's down for it. So we uh, started it and then I had to give it a title and I just, because I love Easy Like a Sunday Morning, the song, so I just literally typed it, yeah. Easy Like a Sunday Morning Chat with blah, 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 um, guest star. So she's like my guest, my first guest. And so after that, though, I'm like, this was fun. I want to do this again. And so I'm like, I'm going to do segments though. And I was already familiar with doing a show with segments because I work as a teacher now. And when COVID happened, Ralph was the biggest influence on what I ended up doing with that situation. I ended up creating a show for kids that has music drops and sound effects and everything. It's highly interactive. So instead of like a podcast where you don't get to do an interaction in real time, I was talking to the kids and doing holes and everything where I could see the reactions and we were laughing our butts off and crying and it was just so much fun so I had had all this experience now of basically doing a show but with a kid audience where I couldn't I couldn't (laughs) go blue I couldn't work the blue material you know I had to stay very clean and but i learned how to be so silly and so off the wall and you know my improv skills are just like boom 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 because all day i'd just be making up crazy crud and funny songs for them and they'd be dying laughing so when i did the show i felt like okay like i'm really comfortable in front of the camera because i do this every day for hours and i have to repeat the same material over and over so i did it again and i'm like i kept adding to it and trying different things i'm really enjoying this so it ended up being decided to kind of shorten it down to easy la which stands for easy Leica, and then for every episode it would just change based off of what we were doing so easy Leica this easy like that and by the end of 10 episodes it's <laughs> like i need a break because i'm gonna die so it was uh, really fun but i ended up you know we did a radio play and all these things in um much like Lindsay, i get to i do everything. Well, I don't know if you do everything, but I do the editing. I do all the songs. I do all the sound effects. I do the pre-production, post-production, everything. Graphics, web, you know, and so I was getting tired because I was also doing my full-time job and I've also got, you know, family commitments and all that good stuff where um, it was just like, it was kind of draining me. I was going crazy. So I had to kind of rethink, what do I want to do for the next season that's going to really inspire me and keep me going? So I am going to be coming back with a season two that's slightly different than what people were used to season one I don't know if they're going to respond to it well but I kind of scaled it back and yet blew it up <laughs> so what hey. I decide I know this is yeah. in my head it makes perfect sense so it's just going to be me and yeah there will be some things like interspersed into it where I've got my listener calls because I'm still getting those in little segments and, and the Ralph Report news and things But what I decided to do and what really inspired me was to do radio plays. So kind of going back to what I did for the Ralph report in the Christmas time is I did a a radio play. And when I was working up in L.A. and driving down to Orange County, because I, for a lot of my career, I've lived in Orange County. I just, you know, I have family down here and everything and it made sense. And I had a young son at the time and I needed my family to be nearby. And so I would listen to radio plays on the way home, and I always loved them. I loved listening to them, and I miss them. And so I thought, this is something I'm very passionate about that I can produce. And so I'm going to be redoing some of the classics. And so I won't be writing them so much. I did, I, I wrote a book, and I want to eventually read that book in chapters and kind of have that part of it. But I really, right now, am focusing on some of the classics. And so that's gonna be fun. So and so you'll probably see some Garvey members peppered in there all over the place. You guys are all welcome to play along. I want people to come and just like, you wanna act? Come on in. Let's do it. And you know, just I'll have a list of what characters we have every episode and kind of work off that. And so that's where I'm going with it next season. That that does give me like I said, it's bigger because it's it is it's a radio production. There's a lot of things that go in it, but it's smaller because it's on my time. So it's not like i have to do it every sunday you know it could be whatever whenever i finish it two weeks whatever hell yeah
1: yeah that sounds awesome yeah. i was I was gonna say that sounds like a lot of work to produce a play as opposed to a podcast
2: <laughs> it is and it isn't i think that the podcast took more time because there was so much figuring out of the segments and each time it was like it was a new segment oh i need a new theme i gotta make a new theme for this and i have to come up with the graphics for this and i have to do that and with a radio play it's all audio so you'll get to see people reading from their scripts which is kind of fun but I'm not going to be doing graphics for it though so it's going to be you're going to be hearing the voices and I'll have the sound effects and Foley and everything that for me I guess because my background is so much quicker and easier the minute you add visuals to a podcast mm, yeah you just added on a ton of hours in fact if to plug one of my my good friends, John Cooperman, who just came out with his podcast, he did video for this first one. I highly recommend you check it out. It's very funny. Uh, it took him forever. And he's like, why is this taking forever? I'm like, because you've got video. Once you just do an audio version, you're going to be so much happier. So, Very true. So for all you people out there who are thinking, I want to do one of those, maybe not. Just Just go with the audio first and work your way up. It's a lot.
3: You happen yeah. to be a fan of old time radio? Kind of sounds like it.
2: I am a fan of yeah, definitely. Uh, old music, old radio, everything. There is something really soothing about listening to the radio plays, the kind of the stillness and quietness in it. And even though the sometimes the acting is dated, I always found it charming. So, I for me I'm such a, I guess I respond to the listening. Some people love to read books. They're like, oh, I love reading books because then I just imagine all the things. And and me, it's kind of the other way. Like, I like to listen to radio plays because then I imagine everything and I can see it in my head even more so than when I read a book. So I I love the idea. I love the, the old timiness. And I think I might play around with it sometimes too because I like, I would love to turn some of them into comedies unintentionally you know like they weren't meant to be companies but they kind of are because of where we are in our evolution of so you know social equity and things like that it could be actually really interesting and funny
1: yeah now so, on uh you had uh, edwin eddie pence on oh yeah and you made him eat poop <laughs> i saw that episode and that made me laugh
2: <laughs> i feel so bad that episode. So there was a mystery <laughs> gift and I know that he's easily kind of he, he gags on cue pretty much. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I had created a very lifelike piece of poop. And on the Ralph Report, they had someone deliver something like that and I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, I can make something really good." <laughs> Cuz I've made these things called they're um there's these Brazilian truffles basically. And I had made them for years, and they look like poop. They look so much like poop. And so, and if I would have like rolled stuff in there, like nuts, it just it would have, it would have been better. But I kept it very uh, poop-like, and just solid. And he was gagging. And I, man, I've got some clips I could play for you. I should just send them to you of him burping on the the microphone. And I, I really drug it out. I was. Just... <laughs> It was, it was fun to watch him squirm, but I also felt bad. I was like, he's never coming back after this. That's, that's it. it was, yeah.
3: Okay. I think you are Omar now, if you're talking about poop. So you're halfway into his body.
2: Yeah. Hi. I <laughs> Am I halfway into his body? Did I go through the rectum? <laughs>
3: rectum damn near killed him.
2: That's right. Oh my Yay. Gosh. We need the kids. Kids crowd. Yay. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I think a lot I think of myself as oh I'm a more sophisticated person but when it comes down to it a good fart sound will kill me and level me like <laughs> when when they did they did a compilation of farts on there that I was dying I was I was out of breath I couldn't breathe I was and it's so funny how there's just certain things where you don't you don't ever grow past age 14 or whatever you just still think that, and poop, poop is still funny although I have not a, a thing against what they said on the show they kept saying poo I don't know, do, do any of you have this kind of like, where when you hear a certain word, you're like, eh, poo is a word that I can't, eh poop, okay, sure, poop is fine, but poo is like yeah <laughs> uh,
1: so you didn't see the need the Pooh movie
2: we
0: didn't
2: actually I did, I did I right. I'm okay with Winnie the <laughs> 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 poop. Yeah, poop is fun. Scat. Let's go for it, man. <laughs> Let's go down that road.
1: And, uh, I don't think anybody else will go with us. Nothing,
2: yeah. nothing 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 is. Let us know how sacred. that road goes. Well, when you listen to the Ralph report at least, you know, we're talking about vasectomies and a lot of balls and yeah. uh gas uh poop i mean what have they not talked about really they've gone everywhere we've we've been in in and out of the body nothing is sacred and yeah it i mean i can't this is okay so with my show you know because i am a teacher if someone were to watch that show and find something offensive i could get fired you know, that is a reality. And so I have to, it's hard because I have to always stay on this side of the line. And I feel like if I had the freedom, <laughs> it would be really fun um, and a lot easier because I don't know, it's just harder to, comedy is harder when you can't go there, I guess. You know what I mean? You don't mm-hmm. have that freedom. You're always kind of like, oh, if I say that, I'm going to get in trouble and, and it's too racy and whatnot. So um, that is a little bit hard. But, But they're, um, and I can't believe kids watch that show. Okay, so here's the thing I get people who tell me, like, my kids love your music. And I'm like, how are they listening to the music? (laughs) Are you letting them listen to the show? Because holy crackers, they're learning a lot about sex (laughs) and life. So, yeah. Well,
3: that's something that would always happen on Kevin and Bean. People would say, oh, yeah, my kids listen when we're driving. And they're like, you're bad parents.
2: I remember them saying that because I had I remember I had my son and I would be taking him to school or whatever I'm like I got to change the ch-, or like a turn it really low and hope he can't hear everything you just think oh yeah it'll go over their head maybe but um yeah he's my son's older now and he's okay so I think I did okay I don't know we'll find out
0: I want to thank Jennifer Stewart so much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure and a joy to have you and uh this is it for quitters ever give up and Crest out right Yay
1: Yay. queen j do you want to tell us about anything that you want to promote or anything before we go
2: yeah i'd love to plug a place to find me you can go to easylatalkshow.com to find all of the links to everything and on social media even my youtube channel everything is the same it's Jen Ren stewart j-e-n-r-e-n-s-t-e-w-a-r-t please come visit me please add me so that i can feel loved